0: Welcome back to New Reign, the Two Lights podcast. My name is Sumeya and this is Asil. Hi. Um, and yeah, today we are going to be talking about something um, kind of different. So last week, Asil and I went to um, an MSA event at our school and there was a talk being being given about uh, this concept of, like, Muslim productivity, essentially. Um, and what was really being, I guess, discussed was this concept of Baraka culture. Um, so this comes from Productive Muslim. It's like a blog. Um, and the lady there that was sort of giving the presentation, we know her very well, and it was... Very incredible, very beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was talking to us about these things from this article. And maybe we can link the article also in yes. the, like, description. Um, so, scene and I both have notes from that event. And I also have the article pulled up. So, I'm going to be pulling a couple of things out of there. Just to give um, a little bit of an introduction, I guess. Um, we mentioned Baraka culture. But... Baraka culture is essentially in contrast to hustle culture, and we all pretty much know what hustle culture is nowadays. Um, This idea that you basically have to grind until you get what you want, that the grind doesn't stop, right? Um, So according to this article, essentially uh, hustle culture um, says that in order to be successful, you should always be working hard, getting the um, quote-unquote impossible done, and cutting sleep to start the hustle at 4 a.m. Um, so the idea is that buttock culture is the complete opposite, right? So buttock culture, instead of hustle culture, where you always need to do more, achieve more, get more things done than anybody else, or you just like won't make it instead of that mentality, buttock culture is about how to achieve more with less instead of more with more. Through sheer grit and exhaustive drive towards material gain. Mm -hmm. So with bodoka culture, you have more than just the material in mind. Um, You have God in mind and your path to God in mind. And you don't need to be exhausting yourself in order to achieve success according to um, that particular uh, model, Right. I think something that I just want to like throw in there real quick, which I just, I've been thinking about this a lot, actually. Um, Obviously, Islamically, it is 100% encouraged to do well in worldly affairs and to excel and to succeed and you should try your best. Um, But that's not the only thing that matters. And in, in terms of me personally, I've been realizing a lot that, you know alhamdulillah like I do a lot of things Mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of the time people will be like oh but like how do you do all of that how do you sort of balance it all how are you even able to do you know all of these things to do well in school but then also keep up with like all of these other things and I will never like discourage people from pursuing their education. I mean, anyone that knows me well knows that that's, like, one of the most important things to me, doing academically well. Um, But I think I came to the realization at some point that, okay, if I'm willing to pretty much sacrifice anything for my, like, education and my academics and my career, whatever, um, then I really do need to be giving that same sort of effort to my spirituality, and I think that's when it really started for me, like the pursuit of Islamic knowledge, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but where I'm trying to get with all of this is that a lot of people will say that they don't have time. They don't have time to pray. They don't have time to read more Quran or learn more Quran. They don't have time to, you know, pursue Islamic knowledge. And I think that we have to shift our mindsets. Um, when you're doing all of these things, things that feed your soul rather than just, you know, feeding, um, a particular material goal of yours, what you're doing is you're not taking away from your effort. You're not taking away from your time. You're actually adding more. You're expanding your plate. You're expanding your capacity. You're expanding what you're able to handle. So yes, certain things can be time consuming, even if they are, um, spiritual related or they're spiritual, I don't know how to explain, but, you know, these things do take time and they do take effort, but they're only making you more capable. And so I think that that's what we have to kind of keep in mind. That's how you do many things, that's how you, you know, when you see people who are doing all of these things, it's not that they're just amazing and they can just, like, do all of that. It's really that when you're feeding your soul and when you're feeling your, or when you're feeding your spirituality, you are able to accomplish so much more because you're able to handle so much more. So that's just a really long introduction to um, <coughs> to this topic.
1: No, I really love that a lot. Um, I was definitely... <laughs> Sorry. I, I was definitely, um, I was like, sometimes some of these things that you hear whenever you go to these types of events are just reminders and things that you need to, you know, you know of, but you need to be more aware of. But something so beautiful is that even though we both, we know about, I need to sneeze. Oh no. no. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Um, even though, um. Every almost everyone, like Samia was saying, is aware of the hustle culture, and then within our Islamic world, we have this concept of butthole culture. Even that, even though that might not necessarily be what it's you call it. Um, some of the reminders that were that were presented during this event were, were truly beautiful. Like I was, I I don't think I've benefited from an event like that in such a long time in that type of event, um, just because the way it was worded and. and she was giving analogies to being a gardener and things like that, but I'm definitely going to get into that in a second. But something else from that article um, that Samaya was talking about from the Productive Muslim um, that we we can link with what we were saying. So it was it's discussing about it's discussing the hustle culture and how it's very egocentric and like Smiley was describing it's all about personal satisfaction and work and it's a worldly lens and your result is materialistic, right? Right. And so part of this article goes when life only revolves around your feeding your ego, you'll find yourself spinning in circles, some days being super productive and others not so much, all depending on how your mood is essentially. And I think that's something so Interesting when you frame it like that. Samaya was talking about how whenever you add spiritual things into your day, regardless of how busy you are, it's almost like you're filling your plate and you're continuing to expand that plate, right? Your plate is getting bigger. And we actually have an episode called What Fills Your Plate or something like that. It's about time management. But it's very true. It's whenever you have a different approach to your this worldly life and you are able to integrate your goals and your success in this life with your goals and success in the next – it becomes easier you're not feeling like you're spinning in circles you're actually you have a destination you have your goal and so she said something beautiful she was talking about your goals and she said make it a part of your qibla the way that you face and i don't know something to me that really stuck out to me because often we tend to see that your success in your this life and your world and your afterlife success or you know inshallah reaching jannah the two completely different things we tend to disassociate them and the whole purpose of Barakah culture is to show you that that's not necessarily the case. Mm. When you focus on your spiritual spirituality, you focus on this God-centric purpose that you've been given, um, and you are impact-driven, and you're trying to help others around you instead of compete with the other people around you, um, and you're no longer waiting for praise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you're going to gain, inshallah, you're going to gain God's acceptance. And that means that, inshallah, you'll be going towards your your afterlife success and in this life you'll also be succeeding because you're focusing on what's important you know and she referred to this analogy of um the grass is always greener on the other side mm-hmm. and that's what it's that's what it's like whenever you're in a hustle culture you know society it's that like you're always looking at what someone else has and like i want that or that's better than mine or this and this this and that it's just comparison and comparing well wow, i can't speak today comparing and it's it's really derogatory towards yourself you're not hurting anybody but yourself whenever you do that and so she she started talking about this grass and she says when you focus on your own grass and you're cultivating your own grass you should be focused and you should be end up becoming tranquil because as you're watering your own garden your grass is your own and your grass will be greener than everyone else's and i think that's something so beautiful because even if your grass might not necessarily be the greenest right when you're only focused on yours that like to you your grass is the greenest you know what I mean I don't know yeah. if that makes any sense right but that's what I got from that and that was a really powerful statement because for me you know like Samaya was saying she's very much academically driven and so am I I think that your success academically even though sometimes we can make jokes saying college like what's that but like yeah. seriously like when you have success and that you want to have achieve success in this life for, for, as students that's you know achieving academic success right or if you're a bodybuilder that's achieving you know your your exercise goals or whatever it is um but during that we tend to just focus on everyone else be like oh man I only got an a minus on that so I got an a plus like that sucks like that shouldn't be the case so you should be looking at yours and be like wow look at that and you should only be com- comparing your grass with your own grass with your past grass be like look at how much greener it is now versus last winter whatever it is you know what I mean so I just think that's something that's so beautiful is that you're cultivating your own grass in this botanica culture. But when you're in the hustle culture, you're killing it. Yeah. You know, you're suffocating it because yeah. you're focusing on everyone else's, you don't even have time for your own with for your own lawn, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I think that something else and this is like we're all in some way, shape, or form, we are a product of hustle culture, Mm -hmm. Um, but hustle culture is all about serving yourself, your ego, and what Islamically we refer to as the nafs, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas with barakah culture, you're focused on your connection with Allah. You're focused on um, knowing who Allah is and how you can better serve him. So this is through, you know, formal acts of worship, but also Every word, every deed, every choice essentially that you make should stem from wanting to please Allah. And something that that you know she basically said during this um, during this event was praiseworthy planning is planning to please Allah and planning to enhance your relationship with him. That essentially is the goal when it comes to planning. And I think that when we keep that in mind, it shifts your perspective completely. What are your intentions? Even if something that you're trying to accomplish is not spiritual in its nature, right? Like, for example, I want to get an A on a test. Like, that's not an act of worship, but it can become one. Mm -hmm. And so I think that when you're planning, it's like, how do I plan to please Allah? How do I plan to build my relationship with him? Something else, and Essene and I, we both kind of walked into this event a little bit late, (laughs) like 20 minutes late. Um, There is a situation. But when we walked in, one of the very first things that she said that I heard, and the first thing that I wrote down in my notes was she said, detach yourself from the results. And I thought that was so powerful because we are a society that is essentially set on only looking at the results of something we don't look at anything else and that's something that for sure i'm a victim of as well it's like if you don't achieve x goal you failed right if you don't have x result why did you even try um and i think that that's so interesting that the result is not supposed to be your focus Mm -hmm. instead the intention is um When you focus more on your intentions and on making whatever you're doing meaningful you'll find that it does actually have a lot of meaning and it does actually have a lot of benefit and what you're doing is not mindless it's not for just some random Point, right? Because a lot of the time you feel like you're doing things and you're like, why am I even doing this? Like, this doesn't feel like it has a purpose. When you're focusing on the intention and not on the result, you'll find that there's a lot more blessings and barakah in whatever you're about to do. And there's even like a hadith where the Prophet basically tells us, like, your actions are judged by their intentions, not by the result of the action, Mm -hmm. right? And that's so powerful and it's also very motivating. It's like, Even if you don't do what you wanted to do, as long as your intention was there, it doesn't matter that you didn't achieve that particular goal. So I think one of the ways where we can try to have more of a Baraka culture mindset is recognizing that everything that you do, and we've said this so many times, everything that you do, as long as it's permissible, you know, can be an act of worship if your intention is correct and that you need to stop attaching yourself to just the result and focus on your intention and the journey as well. I think that's also very important is that it's not just about did I get an A, did I pass, did I, etc. It's more about how did I feel while I was getting there? Did yeah. my intention change? Did it stay the same? What did I realize about myself during this process? Um, and this is something that I definitely need to like also implement into my life as well um but i think that it's very very just like mind blowing you know yeah
1: no i think that's beautiful and you were talking about this journey and i actually brought in one of my one of the my favorite points that she mentioned was that everyone has a season to grow yeah and i think that's something that really spoke out to me because sometimes you know not to go into like details or anything, but sometimes it can be really frustrating when you feel like people are continuing to move on and people are continuing to succeed at a faster rate than you might be in certain areas of your life. And it can get really, really frustrating because you're like, why am I stuck? You know? Yeah. Why, why haven't I moved yet? You know, why, why, why this, why that? That's blameworthy. And that's, that's part of what falls into this hustle, hustle mindset. You know, you want to keep going, you want to move, but Samaya, first Samaya po- posted something yesterday on her close friend's story, and it mm-hmm. I needed to hear that in that moment. But she was talking about sometimes the most productive thing you can do is is take a minute to rest and i think that's something that something that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does for us in our lives when we just feel like everything is standstill. still everything stopped for us everyone keeps moving and you're like i have no idea what i'm doing right now yeah he's giving you that break that minute to rest because you need it yeah and I, that really stood out to me because you need that break before you enter your season of harvest mm. you know and that really that that stood out to me because it just makes it feel like you know yeah, it's not that everyone's succeeding faster than you. It's that your time hasn't come yet, and that's okay. Yeah. You know? And I think that's something that I need to remind myself of a lot. Um, another thing she mentioned, or the article mentions, um, is this analogy between the gardener and the carpenter. Mm. Um and so, and essentially, the gardener plants his seeds, waters his lands, and works hard on his garden. Yet, if the garden doesn't bear fruit as expect, as expected, he accepts it as Allah decrees, renews his intention, and works harder and smarter. Sumayya was talking about how it shouldn't be the materialistic results of the situation. That shouldn't be what motivates you, per se. Um, rather, it should be that your connection with your Lord, right? You should have a sense of responsibility, not entitlement to... To whatever is going on you know you shouldn't feel like you're doing this as a way to gain um to gain worldly praise that's not the point you should feel like you're responsible for doing these things to please your lord and if that's your intention it's going to work out the way it's supposed to even if even if the outcome isn't exactly what it's ex- what is expected right as yeah. long as you feel like within yourself you have the responsibility to please your w- lord it'll 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 um It'll all end up working out the way it's supposed to, yeah. you know? And there's an ayah that is mentioned um, from Surah Al-Waqiyah, and it goes, Have you seen what you sow? Is it who? Is it you who makes it grow, or are we the grower? Right. And I think that's something so beautiful, because it takes it out of the perspective of that you're in reality, you're not in control of anything. And we just spoke about that in our last episode. But that's the really, for me, the biggest distinction between hustle culture and barakah culture, is realizing that, You can't control the uncontrollable because to you everything is uncontrollable. That's the reality of our lives. We have no control over anything. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that makes the seeds grow if he wills. He's the one that makes it rain. He's the one that allows the land to be cultivated in a way to allow it to grow if needed, if he wants it to. And if not, no matter how much it rains, how much it pours, that seed's not going to grow. No matter how hard you try, you know? And so I think that's something else that we just really need to be wary of and, and another thing that she was talking about within Baraka culture as well is that it's not it's not egocentric like we were talking about and it's also it's kind of in a way it kind of it detaches you from this individualistic um societal approach that we tend to have yeah you know she mentioned something and it was like when you remove someone's burden Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help you and i think that's something so beautiful is when you help others allah will help you when you make time to volunteer to help your community or even just help a friend that's going through something you know Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala will make ways to make your plans work yeah you know but when you neglect everyone else and you focus solely on your materialistic worldly desires and goals and you're just like no i have to you know i can't help you right now because i'm working on this yeah Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to allow you to succeed that way right you know so it was just a couple of different points that distinct hustle versus egocentric. I mean, the culture.
0: Yeah, and I think that just on this whole note of of gardening and seeds, um, one of my favorite quotes that she mentioned was this idea that you should plant multiple seeds, right? And this is yes. again, think about it. Again, it's an analogy. Plant multiple seeds, but all growth depends on the season. Right, so, if you were to go out and you're planting cucumbers and tomatoes and squash, right, and it's the middle of the summer, that the tomatoes and the cucumbers are probably going to grow relatively quickly, but squash doesn't come out until a little bit later in the year, right? So you plant multiple seeds, but there are different seasons of growth, there are different seasons that are ideal for particular seeds to grow, and Allah knows what season is best for you mm-hmm. and i I loved that because sometimes you do feel like you're sort of putting in all this effort and you're not seeing the results of that right away, you know? But you have to remind yourself that Allah is the one that knows when this particular seed needs to grow. Allah knows when this particular seed or when the when the conditions are best for this particular seed to grow. And so letting go of some of that control, like you were saying, and um, keeping Allah in mind, right? Because Some people get very discouraged when they don't get what they want or they feel like they've worked so hard for something and they're not getting it. They're like, you know what? That's it. Like, I'm not going to try anymore. I'm not going to believe in God anymore, etc., etc. But it's only that person who has a strong connection with Allah and understands who Allah is and what Allah does for us that will be able to say, well, you know what? Right now is not my time then. No matter how hard you try, right now is not my time. And Allah knows when the time is right for this particular thing to happen, um, so I really do like that whole like gardener analogy, seeds, yeah. all of that stuff. Um, um, did you want to say sorry, something? So I actually wanted to
1: go off of okay. that, and this brought me into my next point was that you were talking about this this feeling of like whenever you feel like, you know. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala picks the season. But the thing is, if you're so focused on one seed and you really want that seed to work, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not choosing it for you, you become hopeless. Yeah. And she made a very good point. She was like, shaitan wants you to be hopeless. That's his whole point. That's one of his many, many strategies is he wants you to doubt in Allah. Mm-hmm. He wants you to feel like, look at it. You're trying your best and it's not even working. Like, yeah. what is that?
0: What's the point? He
1: wants you to result back to this hustle culture of like, okay, let me just... Let me take matters into my own hands. Let me figure this out on myself. And you basically abandon Allah, you know, and that, that's what he wants you to do. Yeah. And so she's saying to combat this feeling of hopelessness because I think uh, we all experience this in one point or another in our lives. Um, she's telling you gratitude protects you from this, mm-hmm. you know, when you thank Allah for everything, even when you thank him when things don't work out, Yeah. you know. It'll protect you from shaitan infiltrating your thoughts and making you feel like hopelessness is is the only route, and that you should try to try to figure it out yourself. You know, forget this whole you know relying on Allah thing. Allah wants you to be patient. He wants you to call out to Him. You know, so even when you have nothing to call, you have you feel like nothing is working. Find a way. To say thank you, Ya Allah. My mom, yes. I, a couple days ago, I, I was just really frustrated about something, and my mom told me she was like, "Have you done? Have you have you basically done Sajjih Shukr today? Which mm-hmm. is like basically like prostration of like thankfulness, I guess, right. or you know, giving thanks, um, to Allah." And I was like, "No, I haven't." She's like, "I do this every night, and no matter how hard I feel like my life is hitting me right now." there's always something I can say thank you for yeah. because it makes you think, Yeah. you know? And so the last like week or so, I've really, I've been trying my hardest to implement this because sometimes it can be harder than others when you just feel like things aren't working out the way you would want them to. Yeah, And really it has shifted your perspective on life. It has shifted my perspective on like, you know what? I'm focusing on this one thing that's just not meant to be right now. Let me focus on the other things that I'm not even saying thank you for. Yeah. And when you do that, it's so much easier to build that spiritual immune system. It's so much easier to feel like, you know, sh- you know, to feel like even when you hear that whisper of Shaitan telling you, like, just give up, just forget about it. You're like, you don't know because I have something else I can say thank you for. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And on this point of the Shaitan, and we we talked about, This a lot, last episode, (laughs) the devil's playground. Um, Like Asid was saying, Shaytan wants to make you hopeless and sad and anxious and ungrateful because, like we said, the desperate mind is the devil's playground. Um, But Allah already honored us. Allah tells us in the Quran that he honored the children of Adam. And because of that, obviously, it's like why would you stay stuck in that sort of sad, you know, despair, instead of turning to Allah, right? She said something that was so profound that I was like, oh my gosh. She said, don't let Shaytan trick you into thinking that you will be okay without Allah. Yes. Don't let shaitan trick you into thinking that you will be okay without Allah. And you see this so much. It's actually insane. Like, people that are living their lives blindly... They're living their lives blind to the truth. And they really think that they're okay. They really truly think that they don't need God. They don't think that they need a connection with him. They don't think they need a relationship with him. They're just content, chasing whatever goals they have, grinding until they die, working, having some fun moments here and there. And that's it. They're okay with just that. And that's because the shaitlan has done his job so well to where he is fully deluding these people into thinking that they are completely fine without Allah. And this yeah. is actually, it's so ironic when you think about it because if Allah left this person alone for, like, less than a blink of an eye, they would be dead. Yeah. You know, like, if Allah was not keeping their hearts beating, their blood pumping, their lungs working, and all of the other millions of processes that happen in our bodies every second, that person would be dead. That person that thinks that they are doing so well and they don't need God in their lives, that person would be absolutely nowhere and nothing Without Allah, and so it's so ironic to think that that these people like they're they're really only thinking, oh, I'm fine, when they're not fine at all, and that's why part of the Ithka that you know you can make in the morning and in the and in and in the night before you sleep is that you ask Allah not to leave you for even a blink of an eye, you know, don't leave me to myself for even a blink of an eye because you can't do anything, you can't even support your own life, like yeah. you can't tell your heart to beat. Your heart just does it, and if Allah wills it to stop, it will, you know? So I think that that is something, too, is is when it comes to hustle culture, you're so busy hustling that you don't even have a second to reflect. You don't have time to sit and think, you know? You're so focused on the material gain that you're not considering anything else, and that's something else about hustle culture versus barakah culture is that Hustle culture first of all, a lot of the time it's not satisfying and this is something that you'll see a lot with people who are very wealthy, for example, okay, they have all this wealth but they're not really happy and of course it is very um, it's very it makes you feel very good when you work so hard for something and you finally see it happen for yourself. but you know where to attribute that success to you know to attribute that success yes to your hard work but Allah gave you the ability to do that hard work yeah. right? But for other people, this constant hustle, this constant grind, it's just kind of, it's honestly very exhausting and it's not satisfying. Like you don't feel that internal contentment. Whereas with barakah culture, you do, you know, you feel very content no matter what happens, the good and the bad of decree, the sweet and the sour of Allah's plan. Right. Um, So hustle culture is only for the here. It's not for the long term. And that's another thing, it's like people are willing to put in so much, literally everything they have until they are so exhausted beyond measure, they're willing to put everything they have into something that's not even going into the grave with them. Yeah. You know, like you're willing to put everything and sacrifice anything for something that the second you die, it's over. The second you die, it's over. Hustle culture is only for the here and the now, and it's not long term right whereas barakah culture it gives you both you know we make du'a that we t- we ask allah hasana hasana give us what's good here and what's good in the hereafter barakah culture gives you the ability to focus on both you know you're fueling here but you're also fueling later you're fueling your spirituality sometimes even through the things that you're doing here i mean most everything literally that you're doing here yeah. is you know it can be used just to, to fuel your um your soul so don't limit yourself to the material world, basically. And that's yes. something that a lot of people do. They limit themselves to here. And like I said, when I, you know, when I started this episode, go after the things you want. Excel. Do do it. I mean, absolutely go for it. But don't limit yourself to here. Don't limit yourself to here because that is really limiting yourself. You know, yeah. when... And, and we're told this in the Quran many times, like when we die and when we are resurrected for the day of judgment, we're going to be asked like, how long do you think you were living on, on earth? How long do you think you were yeah. living that life? And we're going to say a day or part of a day. These potentially 80 years that we're going to live are going to feel like a day or part of a day. And in the grand scheme of things and the bigger picture, that is nothing. That is absolutely nothing. Yeah. Right? So don't limit yourself to this world where you're going to die and be like, it feels like I was here for just a few hours. Don't limit yourself because that is really limiting yourself. Your sights should not only be set on this world. Again, chase the things that you want, achieve the goals that you want, but also recognize that that degree is not going with you in the grave. Mm-hmm. That career is not going with you in the grave, unless you did good with what you were, you know, what you were um, able to accomplish in terms of your career. But really, like, it doesn't matter if you were a doctor here. You know, you're not going to be resurrected as, like, Doctor whoever. No, like, nobody cares, like, genuinely. And again, do do well here. Do amazing here, but don't lose sight of what actually matters. Don't limit yourself to the material world, because that's really limiting yourself. And the last thing that I want to say before I I (laughs) shut up is that um, when it comes to hustle versus baraka culture, there's a question that's posed in the article. um, And it kind of It comes it stems from this idea that people, you know, are willing, in terms of hustle culture, it's it's praised when you wake up super early in the morning. And when you get up and you do a workout and you get all these things done early in the morning and you're super productive. First of all, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told us that the there is the most barakah in the morning. Mm -hmm. He already told us this. He he encouraged us to wake up early and to get stuff done in the morning because That is where there is the most barakah. That is where there is the most productivity. And personally, I can attest to that. Um, But it's very different because when it comes to the Western world and they're like, yes, wake up early, go work out. But then if you tell them you wake up early to pray, they're just like, why would you do that? Yeah. And that's something, too, that's built into our Islam is that we do wake up early. What people don't realize is that we are awake when most people are sleeping and we're praying. We're doing something that doesn't only benefit us here, but that actually benefits us more for the hereafter. When you're doing things with Allah in mind and because of your religion, you are so much more fulfilled. And that's honestly the truth. Like, if you ask anyone, you know, in any religion, even if it's the wrong religion, Mm -hmm. people who practice and have God in mind are so much more content. They're so much more satisfied. They're so much... They're, they're much better equipped to handle things that, that happen in their lives. It's because they have a purpose that's bigger than themselves, right? And so the question posed here is, which do you think is more sustainable in the long run, waking up early every day so that you can serve yourself or waking up early every morning to serve Allah because you recognize that he is your eternal sustainer and the fact that this is what you have been created for? And so I think that we really have to think about that. Yeah. No,
1: I think that's, that's, that's a question that we all really, really do have to think about. And you're talking about this concept of being content. And there's something that I once heard, and, it, and actually it's written in this article, and it goes something along the lines of, the vastness, the vastness of Allah taala eliminates the fear of loss and limitedness. And that's the reality. I mean, in Surah Al-Baqarah, it says, Satan threatens you with poverty and orders you to, to immortality while Allah promises you forgiveness from him and his bounty you know? Right. Barakah is all, and it says it, it, goes on to say, Barakah is about having an abundant mindset. A follower of this culture recognizes that blessings and bounties are from Allah. He's eternal. His kingdom and blessings are infinite and limitless. So like may was saying, when you realize, when you t- when you choose to recognize a thing that is the being that is bigger than you, you know, you realize that your possibilities of what you can do for the next life is endless. You can continue to build you know, your palace agenda. And I think that's something that we could probably do a whole episode about, but just think about where you're going to reside, inshallah, you know, which, which way your face is going to turn in the grave. And you think about what you're going to be viewing, whatever your, your, your place that you're going to reside is going to be built up of, of your deeds, either your good deeds or your bad deeds, right? Either, and if you were focused on having this barakah mindset, the place that your, your place in Reflects. This is gonna sound so dumb, but it reflects that love story between you and Allah ta'ala. Yeah. Every single brick that was placed, every single uh, tree that has been planted is from your, from your, from your supplication, your remembrance of Allah, saying you're as God. All of these things. I mean, just think about that. You can continue to build, 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 build. It's 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 limitless. You know Absolutely. what you could have, right? You just have to put in the effort for it, and you have to realize you might not see the results now, but inshallah, one day you will. You know they talk about doing put in 1% more every day and by the end of the year you'll see like what was like 32% more or something like that some weird math equation but it's honestly so true is that when you put in 1% every day an extra 1% every day and you build up I mean think about that if just every day of our lives you put in an extra percent in energy and effort in towards um serving our lord I mean what is it going to look like by the time that we pass you know like somebody was saying, we don't even know how many years are guaranteed for us. We don't know how many breaths we have left. We don't know how many, you know, days we have left, right? Or months or years or whatever the case may be for you. Your timeline (laughs) is already planned out. So do with it what you will, you know? And I think that's something so beautiful. And then earlier you were talking about, um, this concept of, you know, how, how did you word it? Um, you were talking about this concept of just focusing on this life and how you're never going to be truly content, never going to be happy, and I think that's something we have to realize: is go to Allah as you are. I was don't literally gonna let say, yeah. anything stop you from going to Him. Doesn't matter if you're broken. It doesn't matter if you feel like you're dirty. It doesn't matter. He wants you to come to Him in the state that you are in because if you try to fix yourself and then go to Allah. Guess what? You're not going to be able to fix yourself because you don't have Allah. Yeah.
0: You know? Oh, you were talking
1: about the concept of, you know, um, if people try to leave Allah, you know, what would oh, they do without yeah, like him? Yeah. That's what you were talking about. And I'm going to share something that I wrote a while ago. I, <laughs> it was like a 4 a.m. text to Samaya. Um, but it's something that's really, I feel like it's something that should be shared. And it's talking about this feeling of, regardless of how hopeless you feel or how broken you feel, that is, that is. That's a tactic from Shaitan. And and I'm going to tie this into Baraka and Hustle Culture. But I wrote... Let me find the part where it's not personal. Um, I
0: don't remember this. Yeah, <laughs> you
1: should remember this. Um, so... I, I wrote this whole thing, but at the end of it, I wrote, I think that all of our hearts would never hold to begin oh, with. Oh, no, I and, <laughs> and I remember. And I remember, when she was talking, I remembered writing this. I remember I remember what I wrote. I have it written and, down, too. <laughs> and I think that everyone that's listening, like, I'm not saying it's, like, profound or anything, but I'm saying write it down because it's a beautiful, beautiful reminder. Yeah. Um, and it's something that that the second I thought of it, I immediately, you know, I wrote it in a little note, and that morning I texted it to Samaya, Um, but it goes... Um, I think that all of our hearts are never meant to be whole to begin with. I mean, that's the point in relying on Allah, right? We are, in our essence, our essence pieces of glass that he places together, creating a beautiful mosaic of life. A beautiful mosaic that changes and evolve, dep- evolves depending on the pieces of glass that are added or taken, even if it's just temporary. He promised us that he would heal the hearts of the believers, and I've never trusted anything more. And so when you're focusing... You know, and I came to the realization at the end of this that sometimes it feels like you're focusing on those pieces of shattered glass. You know, the pieces of yourself that just feels like it's not fully whole to begin with. But when you're only focusing on the shattered pieces of glass and not the mosaic, you're focusing, you're having that hustle mindset of, okay, how can I fix myself? How can I glue myself back together to make myself feel normal again? Or why did this even happen to me in the first place? Focusing on that one One piece, little piece. Right. That one piece that was taken from you or that one piece that was added. Whatever the case may be, right? But when you focus on the whole mosaic of life and this whole beautiful picture, that's having a Baraka mindset. That's realizing, okay, I need to take a step back because I'm not planning anything in my life. I'm not pie- piecing my mosaic together. I'm not the one choosing the pieces to go into this. Allah subhanahu wa Taala is and I need to trust it. So it, become, it can become the most beautiful mosaic that it was meant to be. Sometimes you just have to take a step back and let it happen. You know? Hustle culture tells you the opposite. It tells you work, 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 work so you can achieve what you want. You know? Right. This barakah culture is saying, okay, rely on Allah and try your best. But even if you feel like you're falling apart and you're broken you're not you're not actually broken, but go to Allah anyway, and he'll help you realize that you are going to be whole. you are going to be fixed He's in the process of doing that, and we're never going to be whole throughout our entire lives there's always going to be something that's missing right right that's the whole point but as soon as you decide to, to choose to ignore that fact of reality, then you're going to end up back in, in only focusing on the material stuff, only focusing on that one part of you that feels like it's falling apart. And that comes to this, and I was this was a while ago, but we were talking about this concept of escapism, about people whenever they're living in this hustle culture, you know, this hustle mindset, they work, 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 and then the only thing that they can control is feeling that they have to escape, even if it's for just one second. So what do they do? They go to parties, they drink, they smoke you know, we marijuana, all of these things, right? Just so they can escape reality for a second. And it's actually I was talking I was talking to someone this weekend about this and, you know, the question was why do people even do that to themselves to begin with? They see the repercussions of it. I mean being hungover looks like it's horrible, right? And I, I, I looked and I said, Well that's because it's simple. That's because we have a higher purpose. When your purpose in life is focused on Allah, you realize that no matter how badly you're hurting now, it's not worth, you know, two days worth of just being, or thirty minutes worth of just escaping for a second, only to face the repercussions later. It's not worth it, you know. You don't but need to escape. You don't need to. That's the whole point. You, you have know? to
0: live in
1: the moment. Or in you have that to live way. Through that pain. Because you escape
0: know? can be dua. Yeah. You know, but you don't need to escape in a way that harms yourself. I exactly.
1: Say. But when you don't have anything in life that's guiding you. You know, you feel like you can control everything, but the reality is that you can't, so you end up falling back into, okay, let me just go, let me just go party for the night, let me just forget about all my responsibilities, and then I'll come back after, you know, I recover and face my life again. And falling into that cycle, falling into that trap is not healthy and it's not okay. And it's not something that should be normalized, right? Yeah. Regardless of your religion, regardless of your beliefs, you always have to realize you take a step back. And it's about the bigger picture. Your life is about the bigger picture. And that's what this whole concept of barakah culture is really stating, is that it's not about you. It's not just about you. And no matter how hard you try, um, you have to realize everyone's in it with you. Allah subhanahu wa Taala is in it with you. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So, I think that you know you're talking about how people often feel like okay if something doesn't go according to my plan I need to just I'm I'm done for basically and that's that's hustle culture but I think from an Islamic perspective you have to realize that you're not failing and this is also something we've mentioned many times before just because something does not go according to your plan does not mean that you have failed you're simply being rerouted and yes. I think that that so that was something else that was mentioned you're simply being rerouted. So that particular thing may not have been good for you. Yeah. If you had succeeded in it. Even though you wanted it so bad, right? Allah is rerouting you to something that is better. And so reframing the way that you think about this as well, you're not failing. You're simply being turned in a better direction. Yes. Um and Asil always tells me To look at the bigger picture. That's something she always says to me. She's like, don't focus on just this one thing. Look at it from a a bigger perspective. And it's so easy when you're just looking at that one particular thing to make it the biggest thing ever. Right? Like something is going on and you're only focusing on that. Because what you focus on grows. Right? What you focus on grows. So if you're only looking at this one thing that you're perceiving as negative in your life... um, you're going, you are inevitably going to be put in this position where you feel like everything is going wrong, your life sucks, everything is horrible, it feels like the biggest disaster in the world, and this is something that I've talked about many times on this podcast, how that (laughs) does happen to me sometimes, I focus so much on this one thing that I just feel like it's the end of the world. And the crazy thing is that a few days later, I'll look back and I'm like, why was I even freaking out <laughs> about that? Like, seriously, that's, yeah. this is the human experience. It's so interesting because we're just so, like, we're, we're so lowly, honestly. Like, yeah. we are just so, we're living in the lower world. Like, we're living in, you know, Hayata Dunya, the temporary lower world. And so, we have been created to sort of fit into that. Like, we have yeah. been created in our human bodies to be lowly like you know you think back at yourself and you're just like why was I so stupid you have to work to achieve the actual life where you will actually be living and you won't have any defects and you won't have this sort of lowly quote-unquote like nature you know um but when you're only focusing on the negative the negative grows and it becomes the biggest disaster in your life and you feel like you know nothing is ever going to be right ever again but when you do take a step back, and it can be very hard to look at the bigger picture when you don't even know what that picture is. Like, sometimes yeah. you have no idea, like, what's even happening. And that's when you really have to, you know, you call you call upon Allah and you're like, Yella, I, I don't know what's happening. I don't really know what's going on. I don't know where this is going to take me, but I just trust in your plan.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's it. Like, that's all you can do. So... You put in the work, but you trust in Allah and you trust that he will take care of you no matter what the result is. Even if you look back at your life and there are things that ended up happening that you did not expect, that you did not want, that's Allah's form of taking care of you. And I think it's just very crucial um, to remember that. And you were talking earlier about shaitan and coming to Allah as you are that's the beautiful thing about islam you don't need to be perfect allah's never asking for perfection from any one of us um you come to allah as you are that means if you're struggling that means if you're sinful that means if you barely have belief left in your heart you still come to allah and you come to him as you are and i think that has to be one of the most beautiful things you think about other religions where um, you know, you, you, you confess to a priest or, you know, you, know, you do the confessions or, or whatnot because they're basically telling you in a sense that you have to be sort of like purified but in a, in a way that a person is doing it to you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But only Allah can really purify you if you're willing to purify yourself. And it's this idea that you turn to Allah and he will be right there. Allah never turns away from you. Allah doesn't close the door. He is not the one that shuts it. It's you. It's you that are turning away from Him time and time again. It's you who are shutting that door. And something else that was really profound that, that she mentioned during this event is that we have to turn back to Allah because we were temporarily turned somewhere else. And yeah. obviously, it's like in, in, in theory, like you're like, duh, like, yeah, that's obviously true, but it. It's so true. Like, you realize that the reason why you weren't as connected to Allah in a particular moment in your life or a time in your life is because you were turned somewhere else and your focus was on something else completely. So, you turn back to Allah because you were temporarily turned somewhere else. Allah is always willing to forgive, and that door to forgiveness is always open as long as you're sincerely seeking it. So, don't let the shaitan limit your turning to Allah. Don't let him, like we mentioned last time, don't let him make you think, oh, you're a hypocrite. You really think Allah's going to forgive you after all the things that you've done. Allah loves it when you turn to him time and time again. Um, Allah wants you to recognize your mistakes and to come back to him. Allah does not want to punish anyone. Allah does not want to... Um, Allah doesn't want anything negative to happen to us. Yeah. He doesn't, but a lot of the time... And, and that's just because Allah loves us more than we even love yeah, our, our, our own, own children, children right? Like right? How, how your own mother loves you. Allah doesn't want to see you harming yourself, but he also isn't going to stop you. You have free will. If that's what you're choosing to do, that's on you, right? But Allah doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to recognize the truth and to come back to it time and time again. Um, and so it's really this idea that you should never stop turning back to Allah. You come to him as you are with all of your flaws because we're all flawed at the end of the day and you have hope in his mercy. You have hope in his forgiveness. Um, it's, it's a very sort of praiseworthy quality to be someone who's constantly turning back to Allah. Yeah. And um, I think that it's important to note that, you again, you don't have to be this this perfect person to approach Allah, like a lot of people, they they use this this concept of intermediaries because they're like we're not pure enough, we're not pure, you we're know. Not, no but else, yeah. but the idea is that you don't need a middleman. You can go straight to Allah as you are, and He's listening. Yeah, and
1: and I think that's something so beautiful is that when you realize that. um <clears throat> Just an, another, I guess, point to add on to that is small but consistent efforts in your relationship with Allah, no matter where you are, no matter if you feel like, you know, oh my God, I've gone all the way down this road and it's going to take me forever to get back up, you know? I've fallen down this hill. How long is it going to take me to hike back up it? Well, you have to start somewhere. You have to start walking somewhere. Every single step is a small but consistent effort. You know, there's a hadith about that. Allah loves those small and consistent deeds. But, you know, but that's something that's beautiful about the barakah culture. Hustle culture, on the other hand... It's big and pivoted movements. You're constantly moving back and forth. You're like, okay, what do I do? Uh, uh, Let me go here. Oh, no, let me swerve this way. Oh, no, let me swerve this way. And if you do that in the car, what's going to happen to you? You're going to get into a car accident. Yeah. You know? You're going to you're going to feel like everything's crashing down because you don't have any guidance. You don't have a you direction. You don't know where you're going. Yeah. You know, if it's you know, so I think that's something that we all have to acknowledge and realize is that we have to we have to refer back to Allah. We have to always keep him in mind. We have to constantly remember him so that way we can make, you know, those easy turns in life. You know, it might feel like it might take you a while, but that's the whole point. It's not supposed to be that you reach your level with God, you know, 20 years before your death. No, every single day is a step towards him or a step away from him. But which one are you going to choose? Like somebody was talking about that concept of free will. What are you going to choose? You know, but if you completely turn off the GPS, you're just going to be swerving, not knowing which exit to take. And the chances are you're going to you're going to crash. And then it's going to feel like your whole life is just falling apart right in front of your eyes. But even if you get to that point, that's okay. Like I was talking about earlier, even if you feel like you're completely falling apart, like you're completely shattered, the whole the whole premise of feeling like that is like Samaya was describing that you turned away from Allah for a little bit. You turned away from him and that's his wake-up call. When you acknowledge that you're falling apart and you don't know what to do, that's a sign from Allah. That's how I take it at least, is when Absolutely. I realize that, you know, oh my God, I'm completely like, I'm falling apart. I don't know what to do right now. That's, that's from Allah. He's saying, okay, this is the reality of your situation. This is what you put yourself. What are you going to do next? Are you going to co- continue yeah. to fall down the hole or do you want to come to me? If you come to me, I will help you. Give me your, your your seemingly broken heart and I will make it beautiful and even nicer than it was before. You know? Yeah. I will continue to heal you. but You just have to trust me. Yeah. I think that's something so beautiful is that in general, in the this, in this society that we live in, which is predominantly hustle culture, obviously, there's this concept of trust issues. I don't yeah. trust anybody. Like, why would I trust you? Oh, you know, even the people closest to you, you're like, I don't trust them. And it's so sad. I, again, I I was, you know, I heard, I overheard, the, no, I not overhear a conversation. I was part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was really, really sad. It was like, um, I take everything everyone says with a grain of salt or something like that. You know, in other words, I'm wary of everything that everyone says. You know, I don't necessarily trust it 100%. Right. And to me, that hurt me a little bit because I'm like, well... When you, if you can't trust the people around you like that, what's your relationship with Allah like? Right. You know, if you can't even trust the plan and you you don't hear any actual words being spoken to you about this plan. You have no, you have no, you know, literal signs. You can't see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in front of you. Astaghfirullah. Like that's not what we're meant to. You're just supposed to trust him blindly. Right?
0: No, I wouldn't say blindly. Not necessarily blindly, but, like, you can't see him. You can't see a love. You, you do see him through everything around you. There are signs for him you. everywhere, yes. Right. Right?
1: But this culture is that you can't trust anybody anywhere, regardless of what. Right. Right? And that's not the reality of our situation, is that you have to trust a love more than you trust anything else. Yeah. You know? But and you don't, and you just decide to keep all of your hurt to yourself, you're just going to continue to fall apart. You're just going to continue to fall down this rabbit hole. and that, that does not have to be your reality you know and I think that's something yeah. that people realize is that they try to make this life a paradise yeah. that's the whole point of hustle culture is let me do more let me do more you're never going to be satisfied because there's always going to be people around you that feel like that, that, that look like they're doing better but I'm going to tell you something when you get to gender even if you you're in the lowest level, you're not even gonna recognize that there are people above you.
0: You're gonna feel like you're literally the life. at the top of the world, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I think
1: that's something so beautiful is that even if you're at the lowest point, you're not gonna realize everyone else's success that's above you. You're just gonna be on you focused on yourself. Content. You're gonna be Very happy content. with what you have. But the reality of this world is that you're always, always going to see someone that's wealthier than you or see someone that that looks nicer, exactly prettier, this or that, more, you know, successful in whatever way. And the reality is like, if you keep working towards that, you keep striving towards that, you're just going to become more and more miserable.
0: So superficial. Yeah,
1: it's sad.
0: I think that, I mean, hustle, what does hustle mean? It means that you keep going, right? Mm -hmm. Fast, go fast. Um, And that's so interesting. It's that You know, you were talking about people try to make a paradise out of this world. And it's so crazy because they do, obviously. But it's as if they know their time is limited. So they're trying to create this semblance of a paradise here as quickly as they can.
1: Because people believe in the concept of you only live once.
0: Because people know they're going to die. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like when you know you're going to die and there's going to be the life afterwards... You're not as rushed here. Like yeah. you don't feel the need to be as rushed here because you know that every single day, every second, every minute, every hour can be used beneficially. Yes. Right. And okay, hustle culture says the same thing, but it's more of a work till you drop. You know, grind till you die. Like you don't get a second to rest. Whereas when you have your sights set on the truth and on a, and and on Allah, you're not. You don't. You don't need. To hustle as much. Because you know that as long as you've taken advantage of every second that you've had, inshallah, you're good to go, right? Yeah. And so I think that that was just really an interesting connection that I just made. It's as if, like, they they know their time is limited, so they're trying to do as much as they can in that time because a lot of them don't believe in anything after death, right? So it's like, let's live everything right now because we're not going to have the chance to later. And I think that's very, very sad. Um, I, I think that just... You know, when you were talking about broken hearts and and all this stuff, you have to recognize that Allah is Al-Jabbar and he Uh is the mender of that which is broken. Allah is the mender of that which is broken. He is As-Salam. He is the source of peace and tranquility, right? Allah does not leave you with a broken heart unless you choose to leave yourself with a broken heart. So, you call upon him, you call upon him using his names that uh, fit in with a particular situation that you're going through, and Allah, as the Jabbar, is not going to leave you shattered if you turn to him. He's not going to leave you broken if you sincerely turn um, towards him and are willing to essentially open yourself up to him, even though he's always already knows everything that's going on. You know, when you're talking to a friend and you have to sort of make that conscious decision, like, I'm going to open up to this person. I feel like Mm -hmm. I can trust them enough to open up to this person. Allah already knows everything, but you also do have to make that conscious choice to be like, Allah, like, just please help me. You have to Mm -hmm. sort of um, open that door if you've closed it, I guess. And so when it comes to to all of that stuff and just i guess this episode's getting a little bit long so to kind of wrap up remember that it's all about your intentions and remember that allah recognizes your intentions and he does this and he accepts your intentions by making a way for you to achieve that goal by making it easy for you to achieve that goal that's how you know that allah has accepted something from you and also recognize, and this is this is a point, a quote from something that Asita and I went to a few weeks back, but essentially she said that burying is necessary for growth. You have to bury something in order for it to grow. You have to bury a seed in order for it to grow. So kind of going back to that gardener yep. mentality, you have to bury in order for something to grow in the same way we have to be buried at some point in order to grow. And so I think that just tying it all um, together, yeah, that's your focus. God-centric, not egocentric, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think just one more point. just You were talking about this concept of how people really, once they die, like that's it. And it's so interesting. I had a conversation one time with somebody, and she was like, YOLO, like, oh, wait, you don't believe in that, right? And I was like, no, I don't believe in you only live once, actually, because every single step that I take, and essentially what I was trying to say was every single step that I take in this life is a step towards the next. So right. make each step purposeful. Make each step worthy to count. meet your Lord. Make, make it, it, it count. count. You know, so that way when the time comes, you're prepared. You're ready. You might have taken small steps, but you ended up getting there eventually versus not moving at all or moving in the wrong direction, you know? Yeah. Um, and then also realize, just like we were, we've been talking about this whole episode, take a step back and look at the mosaic Allah SWT is placing together for you. Try to visualize it. Try to see. Okay, that didn't happen, but I wonder what's going to replace that. Fill your despair with curiosity and hope for what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is going to give you, and focus on what He's already given you rather than what He's taken away. Focus on the achievements and the success that you've already achieved through focusing on Him, rather than the things that you didn't achieve because those things weren't had nothing to do with Allah to begin with, you know. And from there, you will feel. You, you will embody this concept of barakah culture and make sure that it, it infiltrates every single aspect of your life she was talking about goal setting and i think we can do a whole episode on that so i'm not even gonna get there but she was essentially like set a goal and then make sure that you you divide it you have different subsections of your life that essentially help you fulfill this goal of getting closer to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. you know make sure this barakah culture you know it impacts you spiritually it impacts you with how you're dealing with your family. It impacts you whenever you're you're learning and you're striving to achieve um, to ch- to achieve uh, knowledge. Um, your health even your finances i mean think about all of these different things in your life and everything that embodies your day-to-day and things you wouldn't even expect allah to be in the first place and then find a way to be god conscious in each one of those categories right that's what that's what embodying barakah culture really is um
0: yeah so i would say chase barakah that was that was like the quote of the evening when um when we were at this event chase barakah and chase it through all of these ways that we just spent an hour talking about you know <laughs> focusing on your true purpose yeah your real life um Cause. chase baraka because that's the only thing that 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 you have really you know yeah. you want Allah to bless your life and to bless your relationships and to bless your endeavors um and and, yeah, I think that yeah. that's why it's just so important. So, yeah, yeah. chase chase Baraka. Because chasing things um, in
1: this life is going to lead you to a dead end.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then once you get to that dead <laughs> end, are you just going to choose to like choose to just live in the that dead end? Or you better, what, what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Anyway, I'll we'll wrap it up. Make sure that you guys <laughs> know. I just want to make sure everyone knows that yes. we are now with Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, and, yeah, so we have three platforms now which is really really crazy yeah um follow our instagram because our instagram is super dead um that's really our fault <laughs> and nobody else's continue, fault continue to give us suggestions for yeah. uh, what you guys
1: want to see in episodes and yeah
0: did you just blow a kiss
1: no oh. I like <laughs> no i like like did my lips oh. together i took a sip of water
0: okay okay, okay guys no we're guys. gonna go <laughs> Thank you guys so much thank you guys so much for listening and you will hear from us next week inshallah <laughs>